Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court and Mazda of Everett. Now, here are former Seahawks Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday, 7 o'clock, right here on Seattle Sports 710, we're broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. I'm with my guy, Paul Moyer. I am Michael Bumpus, and we are going to start this show by recapping what happened last week against the 49ers. Now, history says that the Hawks were supposed to win this game, but, Paul, it's a year-by-year, week-by-week type of deal. So you got an emotional win on Monday night football, and then you got to travel to the Bay and take on a 49ers team that looked a bit different. Going into the game, we're like, okay, we're going to see Trey Lance, right? This, this not a rookie, but his second year at the helm at quarterback. We're going to see what he can do, but quickly into that game he gets injured and then Jimmy Garoppolo gets under center and I'm more nervous about Jimmy Garoppolo than I was about Trey Lance because he knows this offense his teammates love him and you watch this game unfold and I always talk to you on the side right I'm always talking to my guy Paul Moore like what happened during this game and you say look it comes down to a few plays you know you can point out certain instances in this game to where you felt like they could have won or lost this game enlighten me enlighten the people what you saw well, first of all, we knew it was going to be a tough game. I mean, their defense is legit. I mean, Buffalo and 49ers defense are two of the best in the league, and they, they're they tough for us because of their front four and their linebackers, the way they play, and they, they're one of the few teams that can really get pressure with just four, three, four guys and play really tight pass defense behind it. So they're going to contest every throw, which which they did. Um, you know, forget the six quarters of offense. I mean, again, we knew this was going to be a really tough game defensively. But what I was saying, and I go, look, it doesn't matter. Unless you get give up 700 yards to 200 and get beat 45 to nothing, most games still come down to four or five plays a game, and that's it. And if you go and look at that, the first half of that game, the Seahawks missed three tackles that really jumped out at us. So one was about a 20-yard play. One was a 15-yard play. The other one was the big long one to Samuel. It was 51 yards, but it was probably closer to 55 yards from where we could have made the tackle. So you're talking well over 80 yards just on three plays there. Um, so that's that's number one. Two is, look, we, we have, I, I don't know if it was a good call or a bad call, but the one DK Metcalf caught downfield. Bad call. And they Porter. called. Bad call. Well, <laughs> they called an offensive lineman downfield, but he was engaged. And I know it was a bad call because it was Lucas from Washington No, State. he was engaged. That's why. But that he helps. He was engaged. So. But helps. their new rule this year is anything after two yards, you, you've got to You've got to back off on that. Right. So, so that was big. Um, the halfback pat. We're down thirteen to nothing. Um, and by the way, before that, we're, we're down six to nothing because of those missed tackles. Gave up two two field goals on that. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in. We're a little bit worried because now they have the ability to throw the football. We, we didn't think Trey Lance was going to be as throwing the ball, uh, running the ball maybe. But he's now. So we're down six to nothing, and we have a blown coverage. And we, now we're down 13 to nothing. Yeah. I'm like, all right, we, we got our work cut out for us. But we have a nice drive. We're driving down there. We're in their red zone. And we, we decided to call a halfback pass. Whether it's a good call or bad call, it does not matter. It was not executed properly. It does matter. Did you like it or did you not like it? Uh, I, I like it if we had a scored on it. <laughs> um, but I've, every coach will tell you, if it's not there, throw it away or just run it we can live to play another day but whatever you do don't throw an interception and i i remember one time they ran a when i was playing they ran a fake punt and i was the guy that had the disguise and i dragged out into the kind of intermediate part of the the field 
and you're going, just don't mess it up, right? right. The coach right. says, don't mess it up, whatever you do. And sure enough, I tipped the ball. I think it got intercepted, and uh, that's another story. But that reminds <laughs> me of that play was on that one, 13 to nothing, a little flex, um, 13 to nothing, we come away with no points. Uh, that's that's huge. So then the next one, we've got, um, we're, we're down, what, 13 to nothing, uh, at going into close to halftime, but we got a chance to go down, maybe kick a field goal, and we muffed the, the, the punt return. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh man, I mean, these are big, huge plays, and then we have a horrible third down PI against us on Colby Bryant. And you can't have bad call, you can't have the ref influence certain horrible plays. in the sense that he shouldn't have called it or yes okay no i said man we should have been off the field in that situation yeah so i'm looking at that I, i'm going to group the the tackles as one uh, that was 80 some yards we'll, we'll get better because of that but you know we, we've got to become a better tackling team the dk went downfield the halfback pass the muff punt the third down and the blown coverage i go man it's five six plays and the game's completely different. Now, we didn't play well, and San Francisco is good. You cannot get behind on them early. Right. They're really difficult to come back on both defensively, and then they're going to run the football. So they're just going to chew up the clock along the way. Um, we'll have better days. I mean, we're, we're a team right now It's probably going to have some good days, some bad days, and we're going to be talking about this a bunch until we get the consistency from the young guys. And the coaches talked about this. we got a, y- a lot of young guys from Daryl Taylor. Yeah. He's still a young guy. We're counting on him. Mm-hmm. From Jordan Brooks to uh, Tyreek Woolen, Kobe Bryant. I mean, we got a lot of young guys defensively that just, we need them to be a little more consistent. So your, I, Just your thoughts, sorry. My thoughts, hey, you know, I'm going to play off of you, man. My guy, my right-hand man, Paul <clears throat> Moore. I look at that game and I think that the 49ers out-physicaled mm, the Seahawks. Now, yeah. it doesn't mean that the Seahawks can't be physical. It just means that in that moment, <clears throat> they were the more physical team. And then I look at Geno Smith, and I'm like, all right, he was efficient. He's the only quarterback in the league right now completing 80% of his passes but the reason why he's completing 80 percent of his passes is because he's throwing the hitch he's throwing the out he's throwing the slant high percentage passes you know i was on our, our my my show earlier today bumping stacy every day i, I listen two, to you every day to two. thank you my man i do i All turn right. the radio on right about 10 o'clock right about 10 o'clock yes. i appreciate you yes and i said look i need gino to be 70 percent passing and why do i need him to be 70 percent passing that means that he is taking chances down the field now people look at gino and say why isn't he throwing the football down the field it's not all up to him paul moyer there's there's an oc who calls a place that kind of dictates where the ball goes so i think they're going to look at this film and they're going to say defensively we need to be stronger we need to be tougher we need to get bodies on bodies these linebackers need to meet these linemen about two yards down the field instead of four to five yards down the field and then offensively we need to let gino open it up and we heard pete carroll say that we need to open up the game so before I get your thoughts on that, I'm going to remind people there's a raffle going on. You guys find Richard and Julia. All right. You get entered into a raffle. we got a lot going on. Make sure you see those two over there. But the physicality, how do, how do you feel about that? Is that well, something we need to do? I, I think, again, it's a bit of perception. Um, you, you go and watch. It wasn't like we weren't playing hard and trying to hit. We, we have a wrap-up problem defensively. And it went through into preseason. We've seen it the first two games. Um, if we were just – being, getting juked all over the place, I'd be more concerned. They're just going to have to make the emphasis, hey, look, we're not shoulder tacklers in this league. Can't do it. I'd rather have a wrap-up around a guy's waist, around the line of scrimmage, yeah. than you try to blow him up and then miss every once in a while. In this league, you just cannot let these skill guys get into the second level. It's too difficult. So I, I don't know if we... 
And I agree because when I when I was done with that game, I go, man, it's one of the few times we went into San Francisco and they got us physically. Yeah. I mean, they they dominated mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. Then I go back and I watch it and I go, I mean, you know, we got some push with our offensive line. I mean, I saw some of our times where our guards and tackles were two, three yards downfield. It was kind of a nice uh, fan look, you know, with with our offensive line. San Francisco, man, their linebackers are good, though. You know, they're, they're blocked for a nanosecond. They get off blocks, and I think it's a great tape for our linebackers to look. He, it's okay to have somebody block you, but it's not okay to stay blocked. And, boy, 49ers are really good at that, using their hands and scraping. So we got to get better. I mean, there's no question about it. San Francisco knew it was going to be a tough test. They're a legit Super Bowl contending team. Um, they lost a game that was really difficult for them that first week against Chicago. We came off an emotional uh, – and I'm not making excuses. we got to play better. But there are reasons why we didn't play as well. Um, a lot has to do with the 49ers. And it – I'm telling you, it's never as good or as bad as you think it is. It was not as bad as everybody thinks. No, it wasn't. When you look at the score, the score can be deceiving, but I think offensively there are some things that I want to see. I want to see Rashad Penny touch the ball a bit more. Oh, yeah. I want to see them be creative with Ken Walker. He had an eight-yard run. Moyer was the best run of the day for me as far as, as Seahawk running backs. Man, he's juking right, he's juking left, he's getting upfield. You see the potential there, and then you got to get number 14 involved in a game plan. It's nice to see Tyler Lockett do his thing, but nine catches 107 yards, but you need big plays, and I think it starts with DK Metcalf. You're paying this man $25 million a year for a reason. I just hope he stays patient. I hope that Shane figures out a way to get him the ball, and I hope that Gino is not afraid to do that. Well, we're just getting started here on Hawks Live here at Center Court in Bellevue Square. When we return, we're going to talk to Josh Kendall from The Athletic. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday, right here at 7 o'clock on Seattle Sports 710, we are at Bellevue Square Center Court. we got a nice crowd in front of us. If you're not here, get here and get in on this raffle. But right now, we're going to talk to Josh Kendall from The Athletic. Josh, how you doing? Good, fellas. How y'all? We are doing well, getting ready for a matchup. This is going to be a game. I think, um, I don't know what the perception was in the ATL, but out here in Seattle, you look at the matchup against Atlanta, you're going, okay, that's a winnable game. But when you look at the situation that both teams are in, you watch the film, you say, this is going to be a good one. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I, I think these are both relatively flawed teams. They've got some things that, you know, I think they, think they're both optimistic about some things but they've yet to put it all together um atlanta is you know has found two ways to lose in two different games but they're better than they were last year um they feel like they're better than they were last year they feel like they're close but if you go through every sort of zero and two team in the league or one and one team in the league they all feel like they're close so until atlanta breaks through you know they're just talking about it well, they look like a pretty good 0-2 team. I mean, they're up to, what, 26-10 to 10 against New Orleans and, and lose that one and then make a, a, a pretty great comeback last week. What do you think they're closer to? I mean, they, they definitely have some skilled people on there. Are they closer to that should have won the New Orleans game or closer to an 0-2 team? They should have won the New Orleans game. I mean, if Marcus Mariota gets a snap on third and one, they probably convert there and that game's over and they win that game. 
the Rams game was more of a fluke. They were thumped pretty good for a while, and I think the Rams, you know, took a deep breath. Atlanta gets a pump block, and a lot of things happen, and they get back in that game. So I think, you know, they should have won that first game. So, you know, are they a one-and-one team? I, I don't know, but, you know, the reality is that they, they lost them both. They're 0-2. Um, Drake London has looked great. Kyle Pitts has not yet gotten on track, but we know he's a really good player. Their run game is a little better than it was last year. Their defense is getting more pressure, um, although it's not very good against the run. So, I mean, you, you can – they're believable when they tell you we're better at this, this, and this because they are. They're still 0-2. Yeah, Josh, I look at the weapons you guys have over there. You mentioned Drake London, who tore up the Pac-12 last year over 1,000 yards in like eight games or something like that. Got Kyle Pitts, the kid out of Florida. Then you got the OG in the backfield, Patterson. Ten years in the game he's been. He's been a returner. He has been a receiver, but now he is a running back. When you look at the weapons, how do you feel the future looks for the Atlanta Falcons? Well, it depends on if Marcus Mariota is the answer at quarterback or if in the future Desmond Ritter is the answer at quarterback. You've got to get that position shored up. Um, the, the run defense has got to be better. You know, this is a team that's carrying $63, $64 million of dead money this year. You know, so they have some holes that they just can't fill. They need more of the defensive line depth. Um, they probably need another guy on the offensive line or two. Um, to feel really good about where they are there. If Tyler Algier is a good is, is the answer at running back, then they're probably okay there for a little while. But you know, it, it's the line of scrimmage where I would expect them to spend some money once it becomes free in 2023. And this could be a team. You know, th- this could certainly be a playoff team in 2023. You mentioned uh, Marcus Mariota. What, just what are your thoughts on that? I, I know he hasn't been a starter for a while, but he's looked good. I mean, mostly it's been in the run game where he's looked good. But I've, I've also looked, his release looks different. It looks quicker than it was a few years ago. Uh, just get for your assessment so far on Marcus. He's been better than they deserve, given that they put themselves in a bad position by pursuing Deshaun Watson, failing in that pursuit, and then having to trade Matt Ryan. You know, they signed Marcus the day that they traded Matt Ryan. They got pretty lucky that a guy like him, who's familiar with Arthur Smith's system, who is a great locker room presence, who is a, you know, I think a, you know, fine NFL starter was available. That, you know, the ball that he threw up in the end zone that Ramsey picked was probably not a good decision. He he had a guy open there. We've talked about the third one where he fumbles the snap. If he just cleans up, cleans up a couple of things, He's been, he's, he'll be really good for this team. But, again, it just comes down to you've got to make those plays to win. I mean, it's, it, it's a sort of a brass tacks league. You look at Marcus Mariota, what he brings to the table, but you guys have Desmond Ritter, the guy who took Cincinnati to the college football playoffs, um, hasn't lost a lot of games at that level. Is there anything that Marcus Mariota can do to open up the door for this young man, or do you feel like Marcus is going to be the guy throughout this season? No, I think that they've got to take a look at Desmond Ritter at some point. And I think um, because before 2023 gets here, you've got to know what you've got for the future in Desmond Ritter. You've got to know whether you're in the QB market in 2023 or not. So how well Marcus plays, I think, determines that timeline. If they're sitting there at two and five after week seven, and Atlanta gets into an, a week eight, nine, ten stretch where they play Carolina twice, I could see that being Desmond Ritter's time. 
if Marcus gets some things cleaned up, if this team is four and three, even maybe three and four, you know, and Marcus is playing pretty well, I think that pushes Desmond Ritter's timeline back further in the season. But I do believe that they've got to take a look at Desmond Ritter in regular season games this year. They won't admit that, but I think it's a fact. You got a local uh, kid from UW there, Caleb McCrary, starting at right tackle. How's he look so far? Well, he was a first-round pick in 19. He, they drafted two offensive linemen in the first round in 2019, Caleb McGarry and Chris Lindstrom. They picked up Lindstrom's fifth-year option over the, in the offseason. They did not pick up McGarry's. He's just been okay at right tackle for them. But if you look around the league, there are a lot of okay right tackles in the league. So, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of average, but I don't know that the Falcons are going to do much better. Um, he's played probably as be- – he thinks he's played his best season so far while acknowledging that it's two, two weeks into the season. So if he keeps playing like he's playing right now, I think it's potentially he could be back in Atlanta next year. If, if he – you know, by the time the season we get to week 17 and he's played like he has the previous four seasons, then some of that – Free agent money that we're talking about them spending on the offensive line could be on finding a right tackle in the offseason. Josh, tell me about Arthur Smith. This is his second year um, running the Atlanta Falcons. Do you feel like the foundation is set? Is the future bright over there? What's the feel for the Falcons? Yes, I think that I think that there are reasons to believe to if you're an Atlanta fan to be optimistic about the future of this of this franchise. Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot, at this point, look like they know what they're doing. But it's, you know, on the, on the flip side, you know, you've got to be really bad at this if, you, if there's no optimism in early in year two in your tenure. We've seen some of that around the NFL. That's a really bad sign. So given what they inherited, given um, the salary cap situation, Given that they, there are a few bright spots that you could, with young people, that you could potentially, you know, track out into being really successful. <clears throat> yeah, I think that there's reason for optimism for Atlanta fans. But again, they've got to see it to fruition. Got to see it to believe it, Josh. We appreciate you staying up late. Yeah, uh, we know what is it. Ten <laughs> it o'clock over there. Ten thirty. What, what you it doing, is, man? You having a sit? What you doing, Josh? I'm I'm actually in Seattle, so it's seven thirty, oh. but it feels like ten thirty. All right. Oh, did you did you travel with the team because they all came up here and uh, yeah, they're practicing University of Washington. So. Yeah. Yep. So I've I've came straight here from L.A. Um, just you know, saying we're covering this like a normal week of practice. Well, if I'd have known that, we would have had you here at the Bellevue Collection sitting on the couch with us <laughs> with thousands of fans right now <laughs> listening to you. Th- there you go. Hey, next time we'll see you, what, eight years? Josh? <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. We'll, we'll, we'll see you then, Josh. I'll put it down on my calendar. Appreciate you, you Josh. Thank y'all. More ain't nothing like that Southern hospitality, though, right? It's, it's always hits different when you talk to, to people from the South. I, you know, my kids, they, all, they all moved to Dallas, man. You go down there, and the people who are mean are nice. You know what I mean? They're <laughs> the mad people at who are you. mean are nice. They're mad at you, but it's, it feels good. It's just, <laughs> I, they're just nice, man. Other than they drive insane there. I mean, in the, 
insane. Yeah. So the that, highways that was are good. big. All right. Yeah. Hey, come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court where you'll have a chance to win gift cards from the Bellevue Collections Dining District. Tonight, they're giving away t- gift cards to Daniel's Boiler, Thai Kitchen, Bird Pepper, and Fago de Chow. I love saying that. When we come back, hey, we're going to talk to Daryl Johnson. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday, right here on Seattle Sports Station 710, we're at Bellevue Square Center Court. Paul there you Boy. go. Hey, you know what we're doing. All I right, do know. Right now, we're joined by D.N. Daryl Johnson. Daryl, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you doing? Hey, we are well, man. We appreciate you taking time out of your preparation to join us on a Thursday night. And honestly, man, I want to say, I just want to show you some love. I saw you get in the game early. I saw number 40 flashing on the screen. I'm like, this young man is getting after the quarterback. What was it like to get that tap on the shoulder and get in that game and cause havoc? Uh, you know, I was just excited, uh, you know, that Coach Pete is actually giving me the opportunity. Uh, he threw me in the game last week, and, you know, I was just trying to make the best of it uh, to help help the guys, you know, help our defense do their thing. Did you know going into the week that you were going to be uh, on the, the 53 and playing? Uh, yeah, when they claimed me, they, they kind of uh, told me that I was going to come up and, 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 you know, help out on special teams. Uh, so I was just excited uh, for the opportunity. I love being the, the first guy to come out on the field and, and setting the tone for the for the team. So definitely great. Well, that that you did. And look, I, I'm looking at you. I mean, you're six foot six, two. I don't know, two sixty, two fifty five. Um, they got you a defensive end, but you know, with the system they're playing now, it's almost like an outside linebacker. What what do you consider yourself? Are you a defensive end or an outside linebacker? Uh, I mean, they they got me kind of doing a little bit of everything, so I can't really <laughs> tell you what I consider myself. I guess I'm just a football player. Um, but they got me playing, like, a lot of uh, inside, too, rushing on the inside and, and you know, uh, also the outside linebacker. So, you know, I'm just excited about it. Darrell, I love it. You say you're a football player. I love it. In high school, did you just play football or did you play something else? I played a little basketball, but I always had the, the the love for football. So, yeah. Tell me about your college, man. You you grew up in uh, it looks like Kingsland, Georgia, but you end up going to North Carolina A and T, which by the way is Agricultural and Technical State University. But to, how how'd you end up uh, at, at North Carolina A and T? Uh, well, shoot, I didn't have no offers, so. Uh, it just happened. They they kind of called me up. Um, well, I actually, I was calling around. I had people calling around, my coaches and, and things like that. And then uh, we just, you know, God blessed me with one of the coaches from A&T. Uh, reached out and, and they offered me a partial scholarship. And I just took it and, you know, took advantage of every opportunity and, and worked my butt off. And, you know, just God, it, it, nothing but God. That's all I got to say. Nothing but God. 
Uh, amen to that. And, you know, North Carolina A&T, you know, part of the HBCUs. And, you know, I think with Deion Sanders, you know, really starting with Jackson State, really making a, a name for some of those schools. Uh, do you see that growing as well? Is, is that a big part of, of this growth for those schools? Oh, yes, of course. If you look around the league, it's a lot of guys uh, that went to HBCUs that are on active rosters. So, and being that Dion just made that move, it was big for uh, HBCUs. Um, and, you know, I tell guys all the time from my school that, you know, they'll come get you from anywhere. So, you know, I just feel like if you just take advantage of your opportunity and, and take it day by day and, and try to do the best that you can, you you know, you will catch somebody's eye. Man, Daryl, that's awesome. If I could do it again, I would take a strong look at HBCUs. But you're 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 a good story, man. From an HBCU, you spent some time in Buffalo and Carolina as well. Do you ever go back and show your story with with guys in your community and let them know like there's different ways to make it to where you are right now? Yes, I uh, I go back. I uh, actually I had a camp uh, back in my hometown not too long ago probably around right before OTA and uh and uh yeah and that was it was just I always I was told the guys that you know thank you uh that you know you can make it from anywhere you know you just gotta you gotta work hard work your butt off and you know no matter the circumstance just just do what you do do it to the best of your ability um and and realize what your why is early you know the time is now you know, so don't wait around and uh, I'm too young right now. No, the time is now. Go get it and, and do what you have to do. We're visiting with Daryl Johnson, who's we'll call him hybrid right now. Uh, you guys, <laughs> have guys had a chance for all of our listeners out here. I mean, he flashed last week. I mean, you noticed him immediately. Number yeah. 40. He, he definitely a player. And, and some of you guys want to watch. Talk about your time here now in Seattle. You spent a little bit of time in, at Carolina and Buffalo and Buffalo, obviously the hot team and, you know, a really good organization. But we, we hear this all the time when people come from other organizations to Seattle. There's something different about Seattle. Uh, can, can you share a little bit about just your time here so far and how different it is maybe with some of the other places you visited? Yes, um, I've been here for about two weeks now, and I just – it's something about Seattle and, and, and the way Coach Pete runs, runs things. Uh, it's like a brotherhood, you know. I, I, I immediately came into the locker room, and everybody just kind of, you know, showed me, showed me around and just showed me a good time and – you know, it's more, you know, when you come to work, it's, it's fun coming to work as, in Seattle than uh, other places. You know, a lot of other places, more business and, you know, straight football. But Coach Pete, the way he has it set up, is, is just amazing. It's amazing how he has the guys, uh, the team. He got a lot of great guys in the locker room. Everybody's all in. So it's just great, man. It's great. It is a, it, a a cool organization. You play well, it doesn't matter who's in front of you. You're going you're gonna to play. You're going to get some time. That's why you're on the field. Hey, I want to ask you one thing. You, you, I was looking at some of your numbers. I think you were 92 at Buffalo, and I'm not sure what you were in college. You're number 40 now. Why'd you, why did you grab number 40? Is there some history behind that? Uh, I've, I, I had 40 in college, so that was okay. one. And then 40, uh, 40 was my first number ever, uh, actually ever playing football. So 
it was always it was just something about that number I had to get and uh you know I was it was some, it was like it was a reason why 40 was open so I just grabbed it I said shoot I, this has been my college number this has been my my number when I was younger so and also my dad had 40 uh back in his day so I I just grabbed that number I love it. I so, love it. <laughs> tell me, tell me about your your meeting room. So, with receivers, they call us prima donnas, right? With you the, are with the DBs. They talk <laughs> the most trash. The offensive line, they're the closest group. Can't nobody say nothing to the quarterbacks. What's it like in that DN outside linebacker room? You know, it's it's great. Uh, you know, we got some good guys in there. Uh, I, I just say we we're a brotherhood. We're a brotherhood, and we're hungry. Uh, we're, we got a young uh, outside linebacker group, and uh, I, I think the guys are just hungry and ready to go, ready to learn, ready to take everything in. Now, I look at your position, Daryl, and I think you guys are probably the most athletic group out there. Um, what is it about your position that, that makes guys like me look at that position and say, okay, these guys can do just about anything on the football field? I would have to say, you know, being a, a, a edge rusher and also a guy that could drop back in coverage, um, cover some of uh, those, you know, those, the, the flats and, and seams, those, get underneath those type of routes. I think, you know, that shows a lot of uh, our athletic ability. 49ers gave you guys, uh, they're tough, tough running game. They're, they're a good football team. I mean, there's no question. Looks like Atlanta wants to do a little bit of that same stuff that Trey Lance was doing, you know, with Mariota. Um, just real quick, just some what do you or some difficulties Atlanta could put put out there, and, and some players that you guys are looking at? Uh, you know, we 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 got a good the game plan for Atlanta. Uh, I just say we just got to stick with the game plan. Uh, you know, last week, you know, we we I felt like we needed that game to to bounce back and learn from uh, coming from that first game win um, we had. So I just feel like you know. Uh, we, we needed that game to learn from, and the game plan we have this week, uh, I think is good. We just got to do our job. That's all. That's the only thing we have to do, just do our job. Don't do nothing more, nothing less. Just do your job and own your play, every play, every snap. Let's go, baby. I wish I could be out there with you, Daryl, but I am too old. So <laughs> you go out there and, and you do your thing, man. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You have a good week and, uh, and ball out on Sunday, man. All right. Appreciate you. All right, that is Daryl Taylor, DN uh, rusher I, slash outside linebacker, versatile young man. When we were Daryl Johnson, Johnson, but I got what did you. I say? Taylor, Daryl Taylor. Daryl Johnson. bad. When you Johnson. said it, I was like, it felt right. Daryl Taylor. It? Yeah, nah, it's Daryl Johnson. But he, I don't think he so. He needs his love. All right, when yeah. we return, we'll go around the NFL. Myself and Paul Murray. That's right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with my guy, Paul Moyer, presented by the Bellevue Collection here at Bellevue Square Center Court. we got a nice crowd in front of us. Hey, thank you for joining us on a Thursday. Appreciate y'all. If you're not here, get here because we got some raffles going on. We're gonna, what are we going to, we're raffling some, uh, raffling some, some, some dinners, gift, some gift some gifts cards, are, man. We got Daniel's Broiler. We've we done got the Dukes kitchen. already. Dukes. You, you did, uh, Tavern Fago de Hall. Chow. Fago de Chow. What'd you have at Tavern Hall? 
Tavern Hall, I had the grilled cheese with some um, some fries. My guy, Nasa Chobi, had the spicy chicken sandwich. What you have? I had the steak sandwich. Steak sandwich. Salad. Was it? it was really good. Really I good. I mean, she said, you need to have this one. I said, okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I did. Follow orders. That's what we do. We're ballplayers. That's what well. we do, right? Yeah. Follow orders. All right, well, let's go around the NFL and check out what's going on. Thursday night football. Jacoby Brissett, quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, is having himself a day. Paul Moore, 20 of 29. 212 yards, two touchdowns. Nick Chubb, my fantasy running back in two leagues. Thank oh, you very much. Stop it. He's got 16 carries for 105 and one touchdown. Amari Cooper has seven catches for 101. Now, Mitch Trubisky, his his second wind trying to be a starter in this league. He's 14 and 22, 143. Najee Harris, the running back for the Steelers, has 15 for 56 yards and one touchdown. What are your thoughts on the Cleveland Browns? They seem better than I thought they were going to be without Deshaun well, I mean, Watson. They, look, they've been bad for so long. They've got enough first-round picks. I mean, <laughs> they've got talent. I mean, they, they feel they're a quarterback away, right? And that's why they put so much money into Deshaun Watson, right. the way they structured that. Um, I, look, Cleveland's just a franchise that, to me, just finds a way to lose. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they can have all the talent in the world. I mean, there's some, they're just some franchises there's a you know there's why a president of a company is so important and CEOs and meanwhile he's a president of a company who's going to point very, that su- out we're very successful by the way <laughs> um, first he'll trust company if you guys need penalties um, but no it is true though I mean you need r- the right leadership and they just to me have never had it for whatever reason yeah. so um, I don't know I'm not that impressed I'm, Pittsburgh I think has got a pretty good defense but I think until look Travisky they're always going to be looking to replace him yeah and you know they, they did draft the one kid that we'll see. You know, More the game that I'm looking forward to seeing the most, other than the Seahawks versus the Falcons, of course, Buffalo versus Miami. Miami comes back against the Ravens, puts up something like four or five touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Um, get that done. Tua is almost like his coming out party. He's throwing touchdowns everywhere. He's got Tyreek Hill. He's got Waddle. He's got Jasicki. I look at the Buffalo Bills, and I see the best defense in the league, and I see arguably right now the best, best quarterback offense. in the league. Best offense Stephon in the Diggs. league. You got Zach Moss. You got options over there. You got Knox at the tight end spot. When you look at this game, you think Miami has a chance, or do you think no. Buffalo's going to run all no. over? No. I mean, Miami's played pretenders. I mean, there's a lot of good teams out there. Buffalo is great. Now, I believe the game is in Miami, and I think it's supposed to be warm, so you never know on that. But, yeah, I mean, Buffalo has scored 72 points in two games versus two good football teams. Right. And they've given up 17. Miami has scored 62. Not bad. They've given up 45. I, I mean, can they? Yeah, anybody can beat anybody in this league. But Buffalo right now, unless they get some injuries, they're just playing at another level right now. Um, to me, the biggest surprise. Who's that? Cincinnati. Yeah, I was, that's where I was going two. next. Yeah. Oh, and two. Now, look, they got some offensive line issues. They had offensive line issues last year. They got hot at the right time towards the end of the year. Um, it's a good story, but I've seen, look, that you lose that Super Bowl. There's something about that Super Bowl hangover. It's real. There's something about the emotion and the expectations. Um, I've just never seen too many teams that are young like them that went to a Super Bowl up and come or start off 0-2. Usually it's in the middle of the year. They yeah. have some injuries, some adversity. They're not really sure how to deal with it. Um, to me, Cincinnati is, I, I, I think that's the biggest surprise and, and probably, 
Um, Hold on, let me stay on Cincinnati. Oh, go ahead. Let me go stay ahead. on Cincinnati because I was one of the few who thought they weren't going to do anything this year. You didn't. I didn't. I thought that they snuck up on people last year. They were a ten well, and then sixteen. You're not surprised? No, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised that they're playing this poorly. I, I you know, I you can be zero and two and still be a good zero and two football team, right? Yeah. I look at this team in zero and two, and I'm like, they're not playing good football, and it's all about protecting the quarterback. Something they cannot do with Joe Burrow. So no, I looked at this team and I said, all right, how do you play with a target on your back? You go through the whole season last year under the radar, beating a few teams. Yeah, they got Joe Cool over there and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. Yeah, How do you good. respond when people see you on their schedule and say, all right, we got to go get up for this one? What else, what else are you looking at in this league? Uh, I mean, part of me was going to be uh, until Arizona made a massive comeback last week. Uh, <laughs> they, they were going to be my other surprise of, wow, I can't believe they're 0-2, but uh, they came back. Um, you know, I think everything else is, I, I was telling you earlier, I go, I think there's five teams in the NFL. Wait, one, two, looking at number of undefeated teams, two, three, four. There's uh, six undefeated teams in the NFL and we're in week two. Yeah. That's crazy to me. You know, it's just, there's a lot of one and one teams right now. Um, oh, and two Cincinnati, that's statistically, that's not good. I mean, the, the odds of making the playoffs are tough. And there's 17 games scheduled this year. So, you know, maybe oh, and two is not what it used to mean, you know, back when there was 14 and 16 game schedules, but that's, that's a tough, Hold to climb out. I think Tampa Bay, you know, to be two and zero. I mean, Tom Brady not being in camp, going through all of his issues. Bunch of old line issues too. You know, he's he is OG. 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 I remember the first time you called me OG. I because whenever they throw acronyms, I'm not really sure what they are. I go OG. I go. He just called me old guy. He called me old guy. And you, you it, said it's, it endearing, but it's, it's, yeah. a, it's original gangster. Okay, but it's love. I That's don't. Me. I don't think I'm a gangster. You're, man. You you're, know what you're a president me of a company. The, not me a gangster. Me from the OC, man. All my gangster <laughs> friends, buddy. <laughs> Surfboards and all, right? That's right. Uh, you know what I look at? I also look at the Tennessee Titans and how disappointed are they? Right, you're the number one seed last year. You, you get to the conference. Did they get to the conference championship game? No, anyway, they made a, a nice run last year, and you figure, okay, they're going to be okay this year. You get rid of A.J. Brown, but you bring over Robert Woods, you drive Traylon Burks, good receiver out of Arkansas. You still have Derrick Henry, and then you have Tannehill. And I watched that game. It was a Monday night game where they just got smacked by the Bills. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's time we see that Ricky Willis, the, the quarterback from Liberty, and see what he does. He comes in and he fumbles the football. <laughs> so you look at the Tennessee Titans, and they're a perfect example of that. Nothing's guaranteed in this league. you got to no. come back and prove it unless you have a Pat Mahomes, a Tom Brady, and Aaron no. Rodgers. And even Aaron lost his first game. Yeah, I think the Raiders being 0-2 is a bit of a surprise. Philadelphia 2-0. and I'm curious to see what they do. I mean, they've looked pretty good too um you know we'll see you know how they they develop there i think maybe the biggest two and oh surprise they, they've only won, they want their two and those the giants but you know they've got a plus four differential yeah. so they've won two really close games but, but look, man, it's wide open i mean mm. the amount of one and one teams it's you know you got it like I said six two and oh teams I, I don't even know do we got one sorry i'm looking at number we have two teams that are zero and two Everybody else is one and one. Right. You know, so, you know, injuries are a huge factor. So it's it's early in the season. We're going to be talking about the Seahawks again. I think they're going to be a bit up and down until these young guys start getting a lot of consistency. Um, but I do believe we have the talent. I think we're going to rebound uh, this week, and we're going to play a good game. Another team in the NFC who's making some noise. 
Philadelphia Eagles, 2-0, first in the NFC West. They beat the Detroit Lions 38-35, to who I grew fond of, the Lions, like because of uh, the hard knocks. I love their coach. Yeah. I love their coach over there. And then they beat the Minnesota Vikings 24-7. to I look at that team. And they're a balanced attack. You got Jalen Hurst who threw for 300 yards and one touchdown last week. But you also have a defense that can hold it down, a run game that's pretty good. I'm interested to see how he evolves. He's the perfect example of that. You just got to take your time with some quarterbacks. A lot of people want instant satisfaction when it comes to these quarterbacks. Jalen Hurst is an example. Like, all right, give me some time. Give me a few years to develop. Now, two weeks into the season, right? But so far, so good for Philly. Yeah, I mean, I liked what I saw from him last year as well. So. Um, look, there, there's very few young quarterbacks in this league that can do it on their own. You know, you've got to be able to run it. You've got to play really good defense. Um, and there's a lot of young quarterbacks trying to get their shot. Sometimes it's just being in the in the right opportunity, you know, not throwing them away. You know, I think, you know, our guy Drew Locke, you know, I mean, it, it, it's we're so easy or the league or the media is so easy to throw these 24, 25-year-old kids like, well, your career's over. Well, it hadn't even begun. And so it is important, like, for Philadelphia to have a good defense and run a game, not let these young quarterbacks have to do it all themselves. So, look, it's, th- this season is going to be, to me, there's only one great team right now one great one who that it's buffalo buffalo it's buffalo everybody else is good i think san francisco's legit i think the rams are, are going to have a hard time repeating um i think san francisco the way they play defense and with their running game and unfortunately jimmy garoppolo gives them a better chance to win it than when they had trey lance all right one great team he says hey make sure you guys come join us at bellevue square center court my guy Brandon Tran already won something tonight. We're giving away some raffle tickets. Come join us. I'm Michael Bumpus. He is Paul Moyer. Coming up next, we'll talk to Tariq Woolen in person right here on Hawks Live.